I've Got Questions podcast. My name is William Hurst, and we are back, and we are recording this on a lovely spring day, a lovely Easter day. So hope everyone had wonderful holidays, ate good food, lots of candy, and just had an amazing time. So we are back back today and we are still talking about the amazing Misty Mountain Spring Cup. One thing about that top eight was it was very different from your usual. You had some staples in it, but you had some really, really cool decks make their way through. And one of those was piloted by our guest today, made it to the top eight. I believe XO'd the event into the top eight. We are with uh, Ricky Thornson, He is with us today. He played the blue-red Tinker Prison kind of deck, Muddy deck. What's going on, Ricky? How are we doing? Hey, how's it going? Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, Um, lovely, lovely. Yeah. um, So, yeah, I was was playing the the Tinker uh, Prison Stacks Combo Devourer (laughs) uh, deck. I've heard it called a, a dozen different things, so... It's kind of, you know, whatever your flavor of choice is. But uh, I've really enjoyed that deck a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So my introduction to you, uh, I actually met you, I think, for the first time that I could ever remember. Maybe we met some randomly time in Magic's past. But at the first Misty Von event, we actually played once in the Swiss and we played in Mm -hmm. the finals. Uh, And as I've gotten to know you more, I'm going to call you just Mr. Prison Deck almost at this point. (laughs) I think because you were on Stasis. Uh, for yep. the first couple, you then you were on was like green white oath prison of some sort, yep. and then yep. you were on this tinker deck. And online, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, Ricky is uh, is it just Thursday on Moto? Uh, Thursday it got on MTGO, and then like Thursday in the some of the discords and. Yep. Usually some kind of variation of either Thursday, Thursday's God, Thursday's Go or something. Yep. Yeah. And where you and you've certainly had a lot of success within that area too, and have skewed metagames at times because there was definitely points where people were just getting sick of seeing stasis and you saw those lists kind of ramp it up on the enchantment removal and things that fight it. So you are going into kind of your magic history first. Oh, yeah. What, what? I, I mean, there's definitely some points where I was getting, like, turn one therapies on the play, naming Stasis. So that's why <laughs> I had to kind of switch it up. Otherwise, I'd probably still be playing Stasis now. It's always tough to fight through that when uh, people are well aware of, of uh, what you're doing, your list, and uh, how to play their side of the matchup. Uh, it gets increasingly difficult sometimes. but It does. Um, yeah, I, I've I've always kind of played prison decks. Um, so when yeah, when we first met at that first Misty, it was like the first time I'd touched a Magic card in probably three ish years or so. Um, I, I'd always played. Um, I've been playing like competitive Magic, I guess, since like Odyssey. Um, Blue Green Madness was like my first deck. Um, I've taken like tons of breaks. Um, for several years here and there, like my first huge break was like. When Mirrodin came out, I quit for a while. Then when Planeswalkers got printed, I quit for a while. And a few other breaks in between there. But um, uh, yeah, most recently, I've always kind of played a lot of prison ducks, um, especially in modern, uh, focused around like Mox Opal. Um, so I played like a lot of Lantern. Um, and then uh, like KCI combo, um, I played for a bit, except I was kind of, I was like brewing around with that deck a lot before it popped off. And I had like a more prisony version where I used War of Invention and Ensnaring Bridge mm-hmm. and then just like kind of stumbled into the combo. 
Um, and then I was, uh, I played a tunnel war prison, um, which is like very, very similar to this, like mud deck. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved that. I loved playing that. Um, medium success. Um, you know, top eight, a few random events here and there. Um, and then, uh, once they banned Mox Opal, I, I just quit and got rid of most of my cards. Um, then I discovered pre-modern, um, BK posted about that event we met at on Facebook. And I, I saw like a few people, um, kind of post and react to it, um, with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. And a lot of people I used to like kind of play a lot of modern events with, um, historically. So I knew that, you know, if they're excited, then maybe I would be too. Um, so I kind of looked into pre-modern a little bit. I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is like the one format where prison archetypes are still viable. Um, and so I got really excited for it. Um, and yeah, and then obviously like, uh, making this to the finals of the first time you play magic in a long time, I definitely got super hooked into pre-modern again. And, um, I mean, I, th I think you and I are super fortunate being in Madison with such an awesome community and, uh, BK and Misty Mountain, those events are a blast and having it right in our own backyard, uh, makes it super accessible. You're certainly right about that. Um, BK is, a real driving force within this and so many have found their way to a cool format because of him. So as always, shout out to PK. Um, so as we were kind of going into this, you said you've always been a fan of prisons decks. What, because they are so annoying for many people to play against and you're always the bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah. what, yeah. <laughs> what, what draws you to kind of that flavor of magic? The I get to play and you kind of don't get to play. What what draws well, it, you to that as a fellow uh, to me it's like a fellow man? Super interactive. Um uh -huh. like uh it's I have to like kind of know what you're up to and what your game plan is mm -hmm. in order to like invalidate that and stop it, you know? And like historically, like, I mean, decks like Stasis do that through, you know, intense uh, counter magic, but I've always like really enjoyed um, decks like, you know, where prison was in, in uh, modern. Cause like you have to know the, the really pivotal cards in each matchup, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and it takes a lot of practice and you get tons of points. Like one of my favorite uh, interactions, like, with that deck back in the day, it was like, uh, Affinity always played like Experimental Frenzy, I think it was. And like, mm -hmm. it turns out if you do like Graft Digger's Cage on it, plus, uh, Pithing Needle, they're like hard locked out of the game pretty much. Um, so like just knowing like weird interactions like that about all these very specific matchups to me, um, was just like one of the most interactive forms of, of magic where we're playing this like mental puzzle game against one another instead of just like, um, you know, you, you getting to execute on your plan A and beat me down and maybe I make some clever blocks or combat tricks here and there. Mm -hmm. um, to me, prison like really elevated uh, or elevates like matches to be a lot more interesting. So I, I've always kind of preferred decks like that of, of uh, playing a little more defensively, but also like um, fighting you on an axis that you might not be as comfortable or trying to drive the game towards that axis. Um, you know, pre-modern, a lot of times that's mana denial. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, uh, every kind of archetype has a different way of approaching it. But to me, it's a blast. I've always really liked prison decks. Gotcha. And I, I've waffled in between them. Um, I'm Stasis, obviously, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have success with lately. Um, I used to play, um, there was a, it wasn't a prison deck, but it was along the same kind of thing. It was a 
you know, Martyr of Sands, Proclamation of yeah. Rebirth. Sword. Snow White. Snow White. Yeah. That's what it was. It was actually called Snow White. I loved that deck. Uh-huh. So I, I definitely get that. So jumping into the event, and that we're going to go start off talking about the deck that you played. You said uh-huh. you were usually a stasis player, had great success in the first one, but then in the second one we had kind of talked where, and you just made mention of I mean, it, once people know you're on a deck, especially Stasis, and know what's up, you lose a lot of points. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm assuming just, and same thing for Moto, is you got to that point you're saying they were naming Therapy, you know, Stasis in the blind, just because I knew it was you. You got off uh-huh. of it. So what brought you to um, the Blue Red Tinker deck, the Mud Style deck? Was that just a natural progression of same strategy, but not as much hate? for it somewhat yeah i i kind of knew i'd want to play mud at some point once i first got into like pre-moderns just like the cards are like pretty expensive in it too um so i'd I'd been kind of slowly accumulating the cards uh for a while in both mtgo and like paper and stuff um knowing that at some point like i'm definitely going to dip my toes in that because it's prisony it's very artifact based um it's just like very kind of in my wheelhouse and then uh yeah I, i switched from uh, stasis to prison oath because I, I thought the red matchup was a lot better than it ended up being. Um, I think I, I played in the next Misty with, with prison oath. Like I didn't do very good. Um, cause I think I lost like three red decks or something and I kept dying to price of progress, which is brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I was like, yes. um, so I was kind of in the, looking around for another deck. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'll try this mud thing out. The other thing, too, that came up, um, I might have been talking to you or someone else, but they were telling me to cut Null Rod um, from, like, stasis sideboards. And I was mm-hmm. like, you, clearly there, there's, like, a, a, a blind spot. There's some exposure in the, the like, a metagame that, like, no one is, like, dabbling with these um, artifact decks if people are like, yeah, you don't need Null Rod. Like, just worry about yeah. Phyrexian Dreadnoughts. Um so yeah. it was a really opportune time to kind of like pick it up. That's another like beautiful thing about pre-modern is like it's super diverse, um, mm-hmm. a lot of power, really balanced. But like the, the metagame is, is constantly evolving because like the players are all very smart and um, uh, uh, kind of like picking up um, decks uh, based on, you know, like what's popular at the moment. Like, oh, Elves takes off, so then Dreadnought pops up, but then now Dreadnought pops up. So then, you know, these decks that compete it do. Um, so it's like always evolving, even though it's a pretty static card pool. There's just so, so deep and so diverse. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're, I think you're 100% right about that blind spot. And that was something I was thinking about when I saw this deck and the success you had is I think we were talking about Null Rod. I know I talked to you about Null Rod at some point is Null Rod was specifically for something like a Devour combo, which maybe you saw, but it was more like let's shut off Mox Diamonds and, um, you know, um, what's, you know, scroll racks in like parfait. But as uh-huh. over time, people have realized that the value uh, in that deck to beat is the enchantments, is the land tax, is a sylvan library, is an uh-huh. oath. So the the answers that we're finding, yeah, people are doing nationalizes, but we're seeing things like tranquil domain. We're seeing uh-huh. things uh, of that nature. And it does certainly leave a blind spot for artifacts now as we saw with your deck and also in, with your core finals opponent on the devour combo as well uh-huh. is nobody's playing 
meltdowns, really. Nobody's playing um, null rods. And artifacts do get a bump because the enchantments at the moment are much more powerful. So I think you made the correct call there. And it's interesting that you mentioned the red matchup, and we'll get into that, is there is not... Red has... At least Sly. If we, when we talk about Red, we have to differentiate between like goblins and Sly, right? Because they're two completely uh-huh. different things. And yeah. the Sly matchup, which typically has controlled a lot of things because of its speed, got so pushed out by Dreadnought and everything, it allows this side of deck to come into it. So I wonder now, as we are sliding to answering those decks, if now is the time where Sly comes back. So... What I'm saying is, it, I think you're absolutely right, is pre-modern is cyclical. It mm-hmm. it puts itself in the right spot, and that's something I love about it, too. So, yeah, jumping into the deck, I'm going to read it off very quickly. It will be in the description of the podcast, Um, but here we go. Main deck, one Karn, Silver Golem, one Mastercore, one Phyrexian Devourer, one Triskelion, four Goblin Welder, two Factor Fiction, four Tinker, one Altar of Dementia, one Crumbling Sanctuary, one Ensnaring Bridge, one Mishra's Helix, one Smokestack, two Phyrexian Furnace, two Winter Orb, three Thrawn Dynamo, four Mindstone, four Mox Diamond, four Tangle Wire, one Dust Bowl, one Island, four Ancient Tomb, four City of Traders, four Croesuses, Catacombs, four Rashadon Port, four Shivan Reef, Sideboard, three Pyroclasm, two Rushing River, one Overload, two Blue Elemental Blast, two Black Vice, two Defense Grid, and three Sphere of Resistance. So, in speaking of the red matchup, and you mentioned Price of Progress, boy, do you not want to see Price of Progress. No. I'm still weak to it, but whatever. Fair enough. I just don't that card, apparently. Even though I switched decks, I'm still whatever. Yeah, I think you might be worse to it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure I've died to it. I didn't uh, at that specific event, thankfully. Uh, but I think Aaron may have been the only one on mono red at that event, or at least Sly. Um, yeah. So take me through the events. Kind of let talk, talk to me about your rounds first, and then mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into the top eight. Um, round one, I faced goblins, um, which is like super predictable. You know, like it, I, I think anytime you show up to an event, um, recently uh you have to expect to face some number of goblins so um right off the bat um i remember game one what like in all my testing there the most important thing is you can't get hit by lackey right Mm -hmm. Um, yep it's a dramatically different deck whether lackey connects or not so i think i traded my turn one welder or their lackey and then uh the, the games are like relatively easy after that I think I had an early Triskelion, mm-hmm. one of the other games. Um, so yeah, I faced Goblins first as Victorious. Um, then I faced uh, Mono Blue Dreadnought. Um, game one, uh, I, I forget the sequence of cards he was on, but I, I put him on Storm, and then the Dreadnought kind of caught me by surprise. I, uh, for some reason, I thought he'd be on like some weird dream holes. I forget which cantrips he'd played. But... uh so he got game one, game two. Um, I, I just kind of lock him out with tangle wires and smoke stacks and all that stuff. Um, 
you know, Welder does a lot of work in that matchup. They don't have an answer to it. They're very low permanent count deck. Um, one of the first things that drew me to um, this particular kind of list was just inherently, I, I felt like Dreadnought would be a pretty good matchup. Like, obviously, it can still die to it. Dreadnought can be nutty sometimes of a turn two, 12 12, backed up by like three counter spells. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all free, but like, for the most part, it's it's pretty favorable. Like Tangle Wire and Scaring Bridge, Spear, all that does a lot of work. Welder goes um, unanswered for a bit. So my game three, I think, was on camera. Um, I had two defense grids. Uh, he countered the first one, second one resolved. It's pretty like difficult for them to pull through after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a Welder, too, which, again... Um, yeah, it, it just kind of writes itself. Um, round three... Um, I faced Grow It Tog. Mm-hmm. It might have been who you had on the podcast last time, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, it wasn't Artie, it was the other uh, Michael Tog. Yeah. Michael. Yep. Um, uh, I can't remember if we had three games or two. Um, but the mana denial plan is, is pretty big there. Um, a really important interaction. Um, Karn, uh, like I, I kind of hate him in the deck. But uh, the biggest reason I keep him in is like he eats box diamonds really well. Um, because they turn so into really zero important. zeros, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you yep, animate yep. their mox diamond. Um, and that came up. I know in the two games I beat him, that came up where I like tinkered out the Karn and just ate one or two diamonds. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they were just so far behind on mana, you know, with all the other like taxing and tap downs and stuff. Right. Um, right. Round four. I faced Adrian, um, which I think we could have double drawn, but he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's like taken off or something. So he wanted to play like just for fun or whatever. I don't know. We played, but, um, stasis is probably about as easy of a matchup as one can be with this. Um, mm-hmm. just cause like all of the taxing tangle wires and, you know, if you resolve a welder, um, what happens oftentimes if someone's like unfamiliar with a stack, a lot of like free points you get when out of that newness is like they let the welder resolve or you sneak it in somehow. And then like, I do recall like playing a tangle wire and he counters it and I just immediately weld it back in like in exchange for a mind stone or something. And he's like, Oh, so basically all artifacts are uncounterable. Uh, So it's like a really important interaction. And then post board, like the spheres, like, defense grids, all that dude, tons of work. So um yeah, it is like quite handed. Or I, I I won that quite handedly and then I think he took off and then I drew into top eight. Um so yeah, the the other thing I should say I guess about the event, it was actually my birthday too that day. Oh well um, happy birthday on that day too. You should have said something. Yeah. Uh well thank you. I was uh honestly I was, I was quite hungover. Um <laughs> okay, I, I went out quite a bit the night before. So actually the Fifth round when I drew, uh, I went home and took a nap and ate. Um, there you go. So I was like not entirely woken up when I came back and then played in the top eight first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was on the viral combo. Um, I wasn't sure his list at all. Um, I guess I probably should have looked it up or something. So I play a welder and he oaths. So I was like, oh, um, this, yeah. this is not good. Um, I, I probably should have sandbagged the welder until uh, I, I had a little more control of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, honestly, like upkeep, he acted whatever the oath triggers. Um, and I, for some reason, I completely forgot that that even plays fling. 
which is kind of ridiculous because I've, I've even, well, he showed me a fling, but he's flipping out. And I've considered putting fling in the, I have run in the sideboard of this list a few times. Mm -hmm. um, so then I was like, well, whatever, like he'll have to hard cast an altar or tinker the altar and then I can respond at that point. Aha. Uh -huh. And then as soon as he activates the bar, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. You can just like fling it at instant speed. So I definitely should have like welded it up. Keep. Mm -hmm. Um, and like him and I just kind of like laughed about it, whatever. Uh, I, I feel like that matchup, uh, the mud prisony, whatever my list is a pretty big dog. Um, mm -hmm. let's say it's like a 30, 40%, um, chance to win kind of thing, depending mm -hmm. on my play draw and all that. But like just the prison elements are not effective at all. Like they play tangle wire, you know, like mm -hmm. the winter orbs also not very effective. Um, just it's quite difficult to deny their man like they, they have all the same kind of random fast mana stuff that my deck does except they just have an immediate combo whereas i'm running like one ofs with tinkers yeah so like swapping smoke stacks for extra you know like weird stuff like that is obviously way way better right um, so it's like pretty unfavored anyways yeah it, it definitely did seem like he he could just get under what you were doing in a way that wasn't easily uh, compatible. So you ran into a stiff competition in the top eight, didn't quite get there, but still a great run with a deck we don't see a lot. So we're going to kind of dive into intricacies, intricacies of the deck and kind of talk about a few things. So at its core, this is a prison deck. We are controlling mana, as we see by ports, Dust Bowl, etc. Um, there are some cards in here maybe people aren't familiar with um, or haven't seen in a while. So let's start off with um, a card like Crumbling Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. why, so, why do people put this card in the deck? What is it there for as a one-of? Honestly, I just had it in because uh, I expected tons of red decks, a lot mm -hmm. of burn, right? Because like I'd say the events at Misty, uh, almost half my matches, I think, maybe even more than half, have been against Sly. Um, okay. Something with 4X Fire Blast. So uh, I I would never play Crumbling Sanctuary um, anywhere except uh, at Misty. Um, okay. I have tried it in the past. I hate it. Um, I've never played online. Um, if, the, if there's another event tomorrow, um, even at Misty, I probably wouldn't play it. Right. Um, so I cut the like potential third like factor fiction, which I've been like iffy about. Sometimes I've run stroke, mm -hmm. um, sometimes fact, sometimes d an extra artifact of some kind. Uh, in, in this case, I was playing crumbling just for a concession to like sly and fire blast decks. Yeah, yeah. Now, what? How is crumbling sanctuary or not? As a person who's played red. A lot of times this list, these sorts of lists don't scare me as much because I feel you can work around what's going. But I think a real thing to it is what can, can, can keep that match in control is you have the Phyrexian Devourer combo in there, which is actually faster than Sly. Was that <laughs> one of the reasons it was included is that's kind of like a, I know this can get there faster than Sly can? Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, the, the, the main the, uh, win against Sly is definitely that the combo. Um, and ideally, you do it as fast as possible. But mm -hmm. sometimes you're at one life and they have no cards in hand and uh, you just draw 
Pinker and you're like, well, I, I'm going to need a few more draw steps to close this game and I don't want to die to their next draw step. Um, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, um, Crumbling Sanctuary generally hate the deck because there's so many mm-hmm. one ofs. Um, and yeah. so like you can randomly exile your altar or devour or something um, and just like run out of win cons pretty often. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it was just I was mostly afraid of red decks and I was like, well, um, I'll give it a shot and try to stay alive. Thankfully, it, it never came up. I think I drew it once against Croatog. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember if he countered it or just let it resolve because it was irrelevant. Um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it never mattered. Gotcha. I sided it out, I think, like every matchup too. Gotcha. So the Devour is your main way of getting under red, which makes sense. Um yeah. Another couple cars in there. So, um, Smokestack. It's not one you see a lot, and which is kind of surprising because Smokestack decks historically, um, you know, were pretty powerful. So why, why do you think, as a person who plays Prison decks and with a Smokestack in this deck, is this card not as powerful nowadays in pre-modern as it was in previous formats? Because I remember it being a powerhouse. Um, well, like I, I even played pre-modern for a super long time but what i would imagine is like a lot of matchups are fast Mm -hmm. um you know like dreadnought doesn't care um parfait is no problem letting smoke stack chill because they have their land tax going right um a lot of decks just don't care about it um i still love it i think it's super important um it it leads to some kind of nutty interactions with welder Mm -hmm. um like nothing else will um there have been times that like i just lean on uh, a combination of like welder stacks or tangle wires to fight through like null rods. Um, mm. Right. Cause they just sack all their permanents down, keep them tapped down, stuff like that. Um, so it's a really nice just out. Um, and like just low permanent count decks. Um, a lot of the like controlly decks are not the most fun. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I play. Yeah, I definitely lean on smokestacks probably harder than the average person. Gotcha. And and Tinker, people often forget how good Tinker is just for its mana cost to be able to get these one ofs. Um, mm-hmm. and one of those one ofs I also really love is the Mistress Helix because mm-hmm. I just think it's so incredibly powerful with the many had. How how often is your Mistress Helix the target? Is that kind of your um, closeout move in a lot of cases, or are you getting that early? Yeah, I, I lean on the Helix quite a bit, especially against like mid rangey decks, things like the Rock, Dead Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oftentimes, you know, the, the meta has shifted a bit where they're starting to play, you know, Disenchant and Naturalize and all that, um, mm-hmm. even like main deck. But the average list, like a lot of them just don't have any instant interaction so uh, i'd say helix like outside of the combo helix is probably the second most common target um okay that makes sense that makes sense um three thron dynamos you would think in a deck like this you would want four um why why only three why not the full play set you really only want one um okay. it's pretty rare that you, you never really want the second one um and even then, I often side out at least one of them, um, mm-hmm. just because it's four mana and it, it, it's kind of a bummer when you devote that much to um, 
like a main phase kind of card and then it gets countered, naturalized, whatever. Um, it can be kind of hard to resolve sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I've tinkered for it once in a while, but yeah, that the worst part about like mud, especially the non-colored ones that uh, I've always kind of hated is like they just flood out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you just end up with infinite mana and nothing to do. And so like, yeah, I, I'm quite confident three, three and dynamos correct. Um, prior to like, uh, playing with this, I was like trying some angel stack stacks and mm-hmm. that was a common problem that I kept running into with like all these dynamos, mind stones, marble diamonds and stuff. Um, so like this specific list, yeah, going down to three, three and dynamo, I think is done quite well. I think I think you're right. Well, a few times I've played lists like that. It's just like, man, I have 10 million mana and go. <laughs> yeah, you always um, want like a fireball or Urza's Rage or something. <laughs> and we'll get we'll actually get back to that in a second because I I've had some thoughts on this deck. And I want to run by you. Um, oh. Tangle Tangle Wire, obviously an all star with Welder. Like, yeah. how many how many games were you losing when you were like? on the play with a tangle wire in hand. I cannot imagine it's that yeah, many. T- tangle wire's nuts. I mean that that's the that's the linchpin to the deck. It's like the most important. Um yep. yeah, I've, I mean you, you want at least one tangle wire every game. Mm-hmm. Now for Mox Diamond, maybe I'm not as familiar, is for Mox Diamond you know, par for the course in this deck? Because I feel like when I see this deck a lot of times I don't see the Mox Diamonds. And I don't know if that's the cost factor coming into play, or if this is just, an, or if this is just the an addition you made. Talk, talk to me about Mox Diamond because with yeah. the amount of extra mana you have, even with the Winter Orb in the deck, it feels like Mox Diamond might not be necessary in theory. But I could be completely wrong. Yeah, that's probably like the most controversial like part of uh, how I like to play the deck, at least because I historically. Uh, people like Chromatic Sphere in that slot. Um, okay. I think Mox Diamond's like the most important card. And I, I can't imagine like not playing Mox Diamond in this list actually. So like, like Loki, most people don't realize that the most important interaction or the most important prison element here is Winter Orb. Like that's what mm-hmm. really like makes the deck work. Um, and not a lot of people kind of realize that because Winter Orb's like trading for like tons of mana. Um, yes. it, it's, it makes like card advantage, I, I don't know, kind of obsolete. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, things like gush um, and that kind of thing will will navigate around it in a very unfavorable way. Um, but the average, like most people, don't want to play with a winter orb in play. Um, mm-hmm. And Mox Diamond breaks that symmetry a lot. Um, so I'd say Winter Orb is probably the most common tinker target. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's what I mean. He faces deck like that's what meddling mage is supposed to probably name, depending on whatever your approach to the matchup is, or like whatever mm-hmm. you know deck you're playing with meddling mage. But uh, like winter orb is the thing that's really locking them down because like winter orb plus tangle wire is a really bad time, um, especially mm-hmm. with an active welder. Right. That that's what means like you're just done playing. Um, it, how I plan to win is kind of irrelevant at that point, just because mm. you, you're. You're never untapping. That, that's, yeah, that's the prison. So Mox Diamond is what makes that asymmetric because if I'm stuck only untapping one land, especially when I, I can get constrained on colored sources, um, it means that I'm not progressing my game under that same winter orb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when people play Sphere, um, 
Like it's that's not very good with Winter Orbout. Like you, you want additional artifact mana. The other mm. thing is um the people in Sphere are not able to crack their mind stones as aggressively to like dig okay. for cards. Uh yeah, which yeah. is also a pretty important interaction, like to not get flooded and stuck on infinite mana. Um okay. it's also like find to tinker away and stuff too. Whereas like chromatic sphere, uh, it's kind of a bummer to like tinker that away or weld it mm-hmm. away and stuff. You usually want to draw that card. Um, That's correct. And I, I just think Max Diamond, it's pretty busted. It's a very strong card. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it enables, you know, turn one spheres, turn one defense grid, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've even done like turn one uh, Tinker for Triskelion plenty of times against like elves and goblins. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's it's quite powerful. And like, um, I, I never liked Sphere. I, I think that holds the deck back quite a bit. I think Mox Diamond is what really pushes it over the edge. I, I love to hear that. I think uh, I'd recently had a chance to talk with uh, Sam Black after the win. And I can't remember if it was on the podcast or if we were just talking the stores. It was like, yeah, like, why would you not play Mox Diamond in a format where it's legal? Much like, why would you not play Mox Opal in a format where it's legal? Moxes, huh? in essence, are designed to break something fundamental about the game. Yeah. You get one mana a turn. Uh-huh. Um, to play, so I I think you aren't wrong. So with Winter Orb being a linchpin in the deck, I was surprised to only see two copies of it. Uh-huh. Now I know you can tinker for it and all that, but did you ever find any games where you weren't finding that on time? Do you think that Crumbling Sanctuary could maybe be another Winter Orb? I've, well, I've tried three. It's it's kind of excessive. You don't want it too early. Mm-hmm. Um. You want it after, um, it's kind of like similar, like playing stasis, right? It's, it's sure. the, very, very similar where, uh, you don't oh, typically want to run out stasis when they have seven untapped lands. Uh, mm-hmm. you want to wait until they go for something, right? And then you yep. jam it down and they're like, Oh, I regret casting that irrelevant, you know, my, my fourth wall of blossoms this game. Um, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, uh, so that's when you jam the winter orb. So you don't want it super early. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to kind of catch them in the mid game. So you got, you got the time to set up and then you find it and get it done, which makes sense. How about <laughs> ensnaring bridge? Now I've always loved ensnaring bridge, but every time I've tried it in this format, it has been underwhelming. Yeah. It's, it's pretty medium. I mean, it's really good against, well, I shouldn't even say it's really good against red not because they vision charm it pretty yes, often. They do. But, yes, they do. Uh, yeah. The, the biggest reason I included it was for dreadnought. Um, but it's also just kind of annoying. Um, a lot of decks don't like to deal with it. Um, and, but like, you know, stuff like, well, I guess I don't have it in this list, but like goblins, um, and like a lot of those have all these one power creatures. And like this deck hardly ever only has, uh, zero cards in hand. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it does a pretty good job of keeping a handful. But what I notice is oftentimes like opponents will over prioritize it. Um, Mm -hmm. And they'll go out of their way to naturalize that, but let the winter orb stick around or something. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it, it can just keep you alive, right? Random Phyrexian Negator came out at you that you weren't expecting here and there. Stuff like that can come up. Um, gotcha. So it, it, it's, it, it's a nice kind of catch all to, uh, the big fatty creatures. Blastoderms don't really like seeing Ensnaring Bridge around. You can survive a few extra turns as you kind of grind out things with them. Um, mm-hmm. 
Exalted Angels Phantom Nichelle is right. Reanimator strategies are always kind of spooky. You never mm-hmm. know when they can come out. So like it, it's a it's a really nice kind of catch all to um sometimes more problematic situations. Sure. I, I get that definitely. So now let us turn our attention to this mana base. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, is it painful sometimes. <laughs> um so I think though you're priced into the pain, right? At least as far as ancient tombs go, the, there's no way you play this deck without ancient tombs. Is that pretty um, accurate? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm I'm running a, a kind of a brew um, that's based off this in the Spring Fling right now, and I actually did cut the ancient tombs. But oh, cool. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't think it's, it's good. I, I think ancient tombs would be better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, oftentimes. It, you know, you definitely don't want to see two against a red deck. Um, mm-hmm. You are going to lose that, those games. Uh, but it's pretty easy to, like, just pitch it to a Mox Diamond. Um, gotcha. Right? Or, or, mm-hmm. or it's the first thing you feed to smokestacks. Um, another really important card um, in Cyborg is, like, Rushing River. You sacrifice it there. Um, you can always, like, layer it back to your hand and then pitch it to the Mox Diamond. Um, so you mm-hmm. don't really want to tap it more than once or twice. But some matchups, it doesn't matter at all. Like, you know, land still parfait, whatever, and you can go down to one life. Um, right. So a lot of times, you know, it, it doesn't matter. The mana matters more. And you, you kind of know that in the context of your hand. But Mox Diamond, I mean, you, you're, you can still always just pitch it to that. Gotcha. So you mentioned layer lands, and these are some of the lands that I think are criminally underplayed in this format. Uh, they yeah. are the layer lands, the, essentially the tri lands that are also bounce lands, but they're really cool because one, they let you tap mana first, like float the mana. Some some of them didn't, like some of the ones that you played, it's like sacrifice an untapped planes or something like that. I think there's a series of... Mm-hmm. Double Held an outpost and yeah, yeah. Uh, sold the V something is the blue one. I like yep. the blue one in stasis for a bit, but yeah, it's it, it hurts. Yeah, uh, but a really also a cool interaction is it's a trigger uh, mm-hmm. or not? It's not. It's not. Is it a trigger? No, it's a city of traders yeah, is the interaction. The sacrifice yeah. on city of traders is a is a trigger. It goes on the stack. So yep. you can stack it in such a way where, you know, tap, city, yeah. tap your city of traders, return it, and you never have to sacrifice it, which is just such a cool interaction to me because mm-hmm. it breaks what city of traders does. How did yeah. you feel about four of them, though? I could, I've heard people talk about, you know, two is good, you know, in a case of one, but four is something you don't see a lot, right? Oh, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I think most of us run like three. Um, the other interaction is Dust Bowl. Um, so you can sack it uh, to Dust Bowl and then not bounce. Um, oh, that's another, right. Another interaction is, like I said, with Mox Diamond. So, like, you know, if you got Shivan Reef and play in across his Catacombs and Mox in hand, you know, why not just upgrade that Shivan Reef to the Catacombs and then pitch the Shivan Reef to Mox Diamond? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other interaction, like I said, and maybe it's just the way I, I like to play the deck, I value Winter Orb incredibly highly, and uh, Layerland's quite good with uh, Winter Orb. Yes, it is. So, yeah, there's just like a bunch of interactions like that that are coming quite valuable. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. Um, so the biggest obvious downfall of the land or the mana base is its its um painfulness sometimes. And then you don't see it as much as maybe you think you do or a lot of times is like 
you don't ever want to see wasteland, right? Wasteland's just a bad time. Um, or or yeah, not really. I like I mean, so Mox Diamond saves or fixes like a lot okay. of that, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, so it also more. like prevents a lot of the pain, right? Like, Cause you, mm-hmm. you're never actually like tapping Shivan Reef for color. Um, it's really just the two ancient to- or the four ancient tombs that you take damage from. Um, mm-hmm. You know, more than never, Shivan Reef will, will tap for a color, but oftentimes, like, you know, it's just a colorless. It just so happens to be nice to be able to, you don't have a way to, you know, cast turn one while there or something else like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go ahead. But yeah, wastelands, I don't know. P- people often would like, waste the city um mm-hmm. it's like, well it's probably gonna die anyways if i didn't have a layer <laughs> right that makes sense um so that kind of brings me to my next point is outside of the sideboard and even there it's three four cards you you don't really have much need for red mana in and of itself not a huge commitment and mm-hmm. what i've thought about for this deck is if it could be I, one, I've never been a fan of Welder. Even though I know how powerful it is, it's just so fragile in a format that feels like it should kill it a lot. And if and if the deck were to pop off, it's just like, well, Welder's like the first thing people will know to kill. And it, I, I wonder if the deck gets a lot worse if Welder becomes um, more known and it gets a target on its back. I assume mm-hmm. it would. My thought with this, and also leaning into using more mana or using up your mana, is turning this into a just a straight mono blue deck. Like you cut your welders, you get some of that red mana out of there, you go up islands, lets you play gush. Um, it lets you turn yourself into a gush deck. It lets you turn yourself into like using stroke of geniuses, things like that. Um, uh-huh. So what do you think of that? Avenue as somebody who's played this deck um, of kind of trying to turn it into a mono blue deck, or do you think the red is essential to kind of keeping its power where it is? Yeah, I, I've definitely been toying with a, a mono blue. Um, that, that's what I'm playing in the spring fling, actually. It's like, oh, I, awesome. I kind of have like a, I, I did cut the red because um, the the red's really good, though. I mean, Welder is, is nuts mm-hmm. um, well, when he goes still- unanswered. You could still probably play Welder just off of Krosis and, like, the Diamonds, uh, right? Yeah. um, I've tried it in a couple online games. I've also, like, just tried it on the sideboard and stuff. Um, The other, like, really important tool is Pyroclasm. And then Mm. uh, at at Misty, I didn't run it, but oftentimes I have, like, a Red Elemental Blast on the sideboard. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, like, some other, like, just weird stuff. I've tried Flings. a couple times, like particularly against Parfait overloads, I mean, quite good to kill a null rod, little stuff like that. But yeah, I've, I've been brewing with a, a mono blue list for a bit now. Um, and so far, it's, it's going really well in the spring fling. Um, there's it's a pretty deep card pool. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the structural basis of these artifacts, um, are, you know, they, they have really strong synergies, but the colored. Um, portions of it, yeah. There's definitely tons of variability, um, mm-hmm. right? Because these same artifact, like I've toyed with, uh, like angel stacks, um, just more or less these same artifacts. And then you throw in some um, exalted angels, eternal dragons, Armageddon swords, um, stuff like that. And so this mono blue list I've been playing with, um, at least in the spring fling, uh, upheaval and black vice in the main deck is the <laughs> primary win cons, and then like spheres, um. 
and uh, temporal apertures. I think mm. are, are uh, it's very fun. If nothing else, right? Um, but yeah, th- there's definitely a lot of room in the colored space. Um, mm-hmm. to innovate with this. I think there's also like some white thing that says artifacts get hexproof that I thought would be kind of Hannah's custody, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like t- tons of like ways to kind of play with the colors, um, depending on the metagame, you know, and what you expect, what you want to be, how you just, you know, mix it to your own kind of flavor and preferences. Gotcha. All right. So let's, let's talk of matchups. So what are the matchups you are think are just, I could just run you over all day. Bear ninety nine percent of the time, I'm never gonna lose this. What are your best matchups for this deck? Give me a couple. Um, well, the stasis very good. Elves very very easy. Um, so you elves have no answer to Welder. Um, and then Triskelion just annihilates them. Um, most of the mid rangey stuff. Um, Rock Dead Guy, you know all that. Um, kind of like fair that likes to do two for ones. Um, generally they're good. Um, obviously they, they can go bad, but they're so reliant on, uh, like discard and naturalized disenchants. Um, you really just need to like lock down their mana a bit and then hopefully Welder will survive a couple turns and you can really pull pretty far ahead. Um, they're also all super soft to the combo. So a really nice thing is like when, when, uh, you know, you, you're spending your entire game plan executing, Prisoning someone out, and then like mm-hmm. suddenly this combo just pops out of nowhere. Sometimes, like I mean, you can pop off like turn two wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so like every once in a while, you get to do that on top of it. So it's really nice. Okay. Um, so I'd say that those are, tend to be pretty favorable. Um, let me look at like a list of the metagame. See. If... Yeah, that all sounds pretty on par. Um, what are some of the, oh my God, please don't let me face this matchup decks that you don't want um, to ever parfait. see? Parfait, parfait, very, very, very bad. Um, very difficult. Um, just cause, uh, they, uh, they don't care a whole lot about, you know, like Tangle Wire doesn't bother them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Landstill can be kind of 50 50. I don't love it. Um, so like, uh, the the black vice is kind of a concern. I mean, you can kind of look at the sideboard to see like what cards did I pick to try to shore stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, black vice is like particularly for the parfait um, land still, just because like I mean they they sword your welder, uh, and then they have more disenchants than you have like anything, and they draw like twenty cards a turn, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that's that's true. It's it it can. Feel like a real uphill battle unless you do something really busted, and that's why I've kind of like toyed with upheaval. I've ran this list, this particular list, a few times with upheaval, black lights on the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately, I've, I've, I've liked a lot having it in the like main deck actually makes that that and Lancel pretty favorable. Um, okay. so that those are really bad. Um, faster combo decks are, are really tough, right? So, like, the, the devour, um, mm-hmm. is pretty hard. Um, or like the dedicated combo. Um, let's see, like madness, kind of 50 50. I've definitely lost, um, lost it a few times. I'd say overall, it's probably 50 50, depending on, um, what their particular like game plan sideboard and most importantly, like experience in the matchup is. So, like, one weird thing that comes up there a lot of times is like the Gilded Drake 
versus welder. Um, mm. You got to be real careful about that. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be uh, rough. Yeah. Um, Tara Geddon, uh I mean, similarly, like sometimes they just pull swords away your welder and you don't see another one and they just kind of beat you down with a terror But usually mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of prison them out. They're not too soft to Winter Orb because they have their own moxin. Um, mm -hmm. Enchantress is quite easy. Um, it's pretty slam dunk. Um, Angry Hermit, Reanimator, those are quite easy. Psychotog, I think, has generally been quite easy. Um, okay. Just because, uh, you know, you, you tax them out. They don't like Tangle Wires. Um, oftentimes, they're cutting a lot of their creature removal in favor of, like, more card draw and cantrips and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Mono Black's quite easy. Um, Grow Dog's usually pretty easy. Um, it's definitely losable, though. Um, okay. So this, so this sounds like pretty, pretty good game plan against a lot of it. And a lot of the matchups you mentioned, you can bring in things or do things different to make them better. How is the um, the red matchup, the sly matchup? Uh, it'd be nice if it was better. Um, <laughs> it'd be nice if it was better. Fair. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anyone can really have that good of a sly matchup, right? Like they had a lot three jackal pups in the first two turns. It's gonna be, it's gonna get tough. That's true. Well, par parfait does it. Come on, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I, I need okay. to run twenty cards a turn as well. Then I think. Yeah, that's true. So, so the red matchup um, for this deck kind of deck can always use a work and can always be tough. So. That sounds about right. So if you like were to Spirit take... There's a lot of work there. Blue Wall, Mental Blast, obviously mm -hmm. a, a concession to that. The Pyroclasms as well. Um, a huge thing is it's, in my experience, I think it's pretty play draw. Um, I just played it last night against someone online. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it was like entirely just play draw. Um, if you're on the play, whoever's on the play won. Um, okay. But, you know, if, if you don't see the tinkers or combo pieces, you know, mulligan down to five and you drew two ancient tombs, like, good luck, you're just going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's true. All right. So then let's say, say there was an event tomorrow, Misty, Lobster Con, you know, whatever the case, you, uh -huh. you pick an event. Are there any changes from this, things that you've learned that you make what where are our flexes where are maybe the things that didn't work as well because we kind of talked crumbling sanctuary that could maybe be something else ensnaring bridge you know possibly i mean there's there's flexes phyrexian furnaces yeah. depending on meta can be things what what are you thinking what is something you really so wish you had at misty that you didn't have oh uh, well i mean like my, I, I, the only loss is like to the combo, which I, I'm not sure I'd want to play the necessary cards. Um, so like the, the list I've been toying with lately, um, I've actually liked meditate quite a bit. Um, okay. I've liked upheaval. Um, so like masty, um, is one of my least masty and crumbling sanctuary, um, are probably my two least favorite cards. Okay. Um, I've cut them plenty of times. Karn. It's kind of iffy. Um, obviously, he it can like win randomly by just animating your stuff. Um, he, he eats, uh, you know, zero mana artifacts really well. 
Um, mm-hmm. So like the other Moxon Crips and um, uh, what's the other LED? Um, mm-hmm. So like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's useful, but uh, it's very cuttable. Um, I actually like Ernest quite a bit. I don't know, just because like when you're trying to like, and it might just be my approach and how I like to play it, where. I, I, I like to really prison someone and lock them down hard. And so, like, oftentimes, um, certain decks, you know, like Recurring Nightmare, Squeeze Survival, um, those types of interactions that can be really important to shut off. Okay. Um, so, like, uh, not many decks are, like, relying heavily on their graveyard, um, but many of them do as a way to, like, um, navigate and get extra resources and stuff. So being able to constrict those kinds of resources. Um, so I, I think I, I like Furnace way more than probably anyone else that's been playing this very much from lists I've seen. Okay. Um, Staring Bridge, very cuttable. Um, so like a list I'm on now, um, uh, Black Vice, uh, Sphere of Resistance, uh, two Meditates, three Tinkers, two Upheavals, and then kind of the rest of the core. Um, gotcha. So if I was to play an event tomorrow, it's probably what I'd play. Gotcha. Um, oh, one card I didn't mention. Uh, no Phyrexian processor. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I don't know. Even in I, a I non like sly that. meta. I don't know why. Even in like a non sly like Madison's not very. I mean, I know your experience has been different. To be fair, you've you've decided to run into all the red players. Those those <laughs> mean guys. Um, I'm not convinced that there's uh, very many non-red players there, but... <laughs> Are you? Okay. Well, maybe this next... Well, you did, you only played against Goblins this time, though, yeah, right? Yeah, actually, the, the last one was um, the the most uh, barren the red field has been. Team Red uh, stayed home that weekend, I yeah. think, which was yeah. pretty great. Uh, so they should stay home more often. <laughs> fair. I'm, I might be getting back on the sly again. You never Uh-oh. know. Or maybe I all know. the right people started playing stasis. I know, right? That they just saw that they saw the writing on the wall. Now everybody knows about stasis. I went. I went one in one in like three. I should have gone like zero oh and four. Really? It was really bad. What yeah. is? What did you run into? Uh, did so you find I beat, all the goblins and red decks then? No. So I beat Caleb um, round one, but that's because he. Uh, made a mistake, so I should have lost that. Um, oh yeah, that was on camera, right? Yeah, that was on that. camera. That was uh, he should have uh, parallax tided my um, my lands away, so my stasis like didn't. Yep, 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 yep. So there was that. But uh, so games <laughs> match two and three, I played against both the Groatog people. I don't know how much you've played that matchup. That matchup actually kind of sucks. Yeah. When you're on the draw, like yeah, yeah. I think both game, like it went to game three each time, and each game three it was like they're on the play, and it was like land diamond dryad turn to uh-huh. meddling mage, and it's just like cool they, they game. Were phenomenal players too. Um, they were awesome. I loved those guys. I yeah. I want them to come up every time. Like it was crazy. Already, I've actually played online quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's in the Discord in the the MMA. yeah yeah. Absolutely. So it was nuts when we uh, ran into each other or whatever. Because at some point I I mentioned like oh yeah, someone wanted my list. I was like yeah, it's Thursday on TC Ducks or whatever. Here he's like wait, you're Thursday. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, he's, that's, he's phenomenal player. So was uh, Mike. Yeah, so it was just like I ran into that twice. Great matchup, certainly winnable, but play draw matters so much. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. it just it worked out, and then. Round four, I played elves. I was just like, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just not my day today. We're going home. Not to and I Caleb's you didn't like, mind the elves matchup. 
I, I don't I don't mind to the point that I don't care about it anymore. I just don't <laughs> even try. Yeah. Um but like and Caleb's deck was so bad for me too, because he was on like I think two or three seals main. Like he had uh-huh. chain of vapors main. <laughs> just like, come on. Yeah. You, you so, don't you don't want to be public enemy in pre modern and again like like we mentioned earlier like that's what makes the format so awesome right it's like mm-hmm. you can find a way to like what's the most busted thing that is not on people's radar and like that's kind of the hunt um, mm-hmm. that I, I enjoy or think about I mean I think this was an excellent call this um if somebody can navigate and really learn like angry hermit I think that's an excellent call for Madison a lot of times uh-huh. but. Um, yeah, so if if you weren't facing a meta that was red at all, I mean, I think I, I will I love Phyrexian Processor. I think it's a really cool, I'm just going to get you this game. Uh, is it just not then your experience with it? You don't feel it's needed? What what are your thoughts on that particular card? I, I generally prefer like to 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 not lose instead of win. Because if you don't lose, oh, winning okay. becomes arbitrary, right? Yeah, that's true. So like that's, that's true. That's kind of the approach to prison. And so, like, I I mean, there's a lot of variability to this deck. There's a lot of different ways to build it and sure. play it and stuff like that. So, like, I always lean on not losing, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost, uh, which is, like, the, the prison decree. Um, yeah, that's so, true. Like, Berkeley Processor, like, it, it doesn't exactly prison anyone out. Um, it, instead, it's a win con, so it's kind of a bummer when you're you're trying to, like, not die and instead... Here's a win con for you. So, like, yeah, I, I always err on trying to just winning is arbitrary once you can like lock someone down. That makes sense. All right. So, for the final segment of this, um, something I've been doing, I need to come up with a cool name for it. But in any case, one card that is overrated in pre modern, one card that is underrated in pre modern, and one card that needs to be broken. Um, over okay. I mean, I'm trying to think like what conversations come up in the Discord a lot. Um, well, I think like AK knowledge and just a lot of the dirtily stuff like that is pretty overrated. Um, I, I think people have a natural inclination to play like land still in the cards like that so much of just, just like trying to cantrip and draw cards. But, um, like there's a lot of really powerful stuff going on, um, mm-hmm. where you don't have time to sit on a bunch of AK knowledges, I think. Okay. So I'd say that's, I'd consider probably most overrated card off the top of my head. Um, okay. underrated. I mean, I want to say like, I'll say Mox Diamond, even though it's like clearly the best card ever. Um, I, I think. Um, Do you think underrated as far I'll as say. the decks that it's in? Like it should be in more decks, you think? It should be in like every deck. It should uh, be in every uh, deck? Stasis? Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, every deck. I mean, Stasis needs to play it, right? And then you. Uh, would, I, I, yeah, that's what you happens. Went XL on, on the old Mox Diamond Stasis. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think Flash of Insight. And you and I talked about that and have played it mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it too. I've, I've always loved Flash of Insight in, uh, in Stasis, but I, I think more and more decks should. I, I faced someone the other day and they're playing it in Dreadnought. Um, and I loved it. Like, I, I think the card's nuts. It's so good. Just digs you so far into the deck to find what you need. I think, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. 
Okay. And so what is one card that needs to be broken that you dream of being broken? Oh, yeah, there's... There are quite a few. Um, so at the moment, upheaval, that, that's kind of what I've been playing with and trying to think about is like upheaval in mud. Um, I think it definitely needs to be broken. It's so good. Six mana is a lot, but um, I, I think it's, um, I think there's definitely like room to play with it. I mean, like Manus could play it like tons of ducks. They did back in the day, um, mm-hmm. but like no one's playing upheaval anymore. And like maybe I, I just like wasn't playing pre-modern when everyone collectively either decided and realized it wasn't good, but I'm not convinced. I need to hey, I'm trying to learn it. that now because I think it's I, busted. I played it in my psychotog list. I beat a yeah. certain stasis player because they were scared of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh you probably very much agree with my over unders in uh card ratings very much uh-huh. than there. Previous yeah, conversations. We're, we're on the same page. Uh-huh. Our, uh, I think we're definitely on the same page there. Yeah. All right, Ricky. So that kind of ends it up for us. First off, um, you stream every once in a while, your matches. Um, do you have any kind of shout outs to any socials of yourself? Shout outs that you want to give in general? The floor is yours before we say goodbye for the evening. Oh, um, I, like I have a YouTube channel that I don't monitor or upload to very well, but. Maybe I should. I, I was just kind of doing. It's called Pre-Modern with Thursday exclamation point. There's a little like prison ball thing that goes on people's ankles as the icon. I thought was pretty cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was mostly just uploading like stasis videos, and a lot of it is just because I wanted to like rewatch my own matches. So it was like the easiest. There's like an easy way to just kind of like put it on somewhere to archive. Um, so maybe I'll upload some more there because. Some people I've commented and stuff, which was really cool. It gave me feedback on lines that I learned a lot from. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, like, shout out to you and, and, uh, BK and, uh, Cloud Goat Ranger too. Like, I watch a lot of his stuff. Um, that's what, uh, kind of taught me a lot about the format before ever playing is I just watched like tons and tons of those videos. And, uh, and then Paul Masters YouTube channel, the, um, uh, yeah, what was it called again? You're going to have to give me one because I forget it all the time, too. Yeah, it, it always shows up on my recommended because I watch them all the time. And like every once in a while, it's like, oh, this video is like four years old or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, what is it called again? We're going to find it. Is it just like pre-modern MTGO? I, th- oh. I think it might be pre-modern MTGO. That, I, know, I think that's his uh, Twitter handle feel like that's correct yeah it's pre-modern mtgo um so yeah i I watch those a lot so really appreciate the content they make and now fpod is too um he has some awesome videos out there gotcha all right well ricky it was a pleasure to talk with you today um thank you for joining me Uh, i think this is an amazing deck it is a strategy that is not employed as often as it should be. Um, I look forward to seeing you soon. For those of you listening, Misty Mountain's next event is July 1st out here in Madison, Wisconsin. It's going to be an excellent event. Come on down. We'd love to have you see me, see Ricky, see all the people we've mentioned um, and have a great time coverage, all that. Ricky, I'm assuming we're going to probably see you July 1st. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'll be at all of them. Awesome. Awesome. So 
Thank you again very much, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day whenever you listen to this. This has been the I've Got Questions podcast with myself, William Hurst, Ricky Thornston, our guest, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Yep, thanks.